Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. farmer must be first to partake of the crops and it almost seems out of place until you realize what he's telling you is that you need to be the first one digging into the scripture you need to be nourishing yourself spiritually because you're here on a mission that other people would be spiritually rescued God did not leave us here to build ourselves little kingdoms he the reason we're still here if we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is that others might also be redeemed and forgiven and rescued. We're here to, to fulfill the mission. We are on this earth for a kingdom mission. In today's message from Pastor Robert, he teaches us through the book of 1 Peter that we as Christians are here to bring others into the kingdom of God. Our purpose on this earth is to nourish ourselves spiritually so we can be on mission and bring others into God's kingdom. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now turn to chapter 2 of 1 Peter, and let's join Pastor Robert with part 2 of today's message. You and I are not here to put down deep roots in this life. It's not permanent. And I've given you the illustration before. You know, if my wife and I went out to Southern California last week, we did not ship the king-size bed, nor the big screen TV. We didn't send the sofa. Why not? The Mills family, they're moving up to North Carolina. Actually, they have made the move, right? Loaded up a U-Haul, the whole deal, right? We sent no U-Haul to LA on Saturday last week. Why not? We were only gonna be there till Tuesday. How foolish would that be? Send it and then have to send it right back. That's kind of what he's saying here. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul exhorted Timothy. He said, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. What I've taught you, find other faithful guys to teach them the same thing. He says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. What's he saying? He's like, listen, if you're in a battle, if you're in a war, you need to be focused on the battle. If you're in, in, you know, competing in an athletic competition, you need to be focused on what you're doing. If you're running a race, don't be looking around, taking in the scenery. I remember my daughter, when she was about 14 years old, she was doing this thing. It was a, a Navy, U.S. Navy program that she was participating in. And one of the little comments that we got back was that she didn't complete her run in the time that was allotted. You know, she didn't make her time. And her supervisor or whatever, her camp counselor said if she would talk a little less and run a little more, she would have made the time. And that's what he's talking about here. Be focused on what you're there to do. 
what are we there to do? He says, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. And it almost seems out of place until you realize what he's telling you is that you need to be the first one digging into the scripture. You need to be nourishing yourself spiritually because you're here on a mission that other people would be spiritually rescued. God did not leave us here to build ourselves little kingdoms. He, the reason we're still here, if we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, is that others might also be redeemed and forgiven and rescued. We're here to, to fulfill the mission and we need to be focused on that. And he goes on, consider what I say, May the Lord give you understanding in all things. And listen, just so you don't entertain the misconception that this was only written to pastors and people in the ministry, Jesus clearly views us all as one church. The body of Christ, not the bodies of Christ. In John chapter 17, he prayed that we would all, everyone who, who would come to faith in him, that we would be one, we would be unified. And in Ephesians chapter four, Verse 11, we're told he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Our responsibility, those who are in ministry as a vocation, those who serve the Lord full time, the duty that we have, he says, is to equip everybody else to do the work of the ministry for the, the building up, the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying, building up of itself in love. See, what he's telling us here in this passage is that there should be a focus on all of us growing together in our understanding of who God is and what his plans are and the mission that he has for us. And we, you know, we should all be, be on the same page with this, working on the same mission, working toward the same goals. That's what he wants for us, what God wants for us. And, and he, he talks about the idea of you know, no, no longer being children. And it's amazing to me how many, how many Christian children there are, meaning that, for example, mature men and women who are, who are leaders, who are who are solid in their professions or, or, or whatever, but they have claimed the name of Christ for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, but they don't, really, they don't really know anything of his word when it's so readily available to us. When Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in chapter one, he praises them for their giftedness and their, their knowledge, their education, and all these different things. They, they, they fall short in no spiritual gift. And then in chapter three, he says, but you're a bunch of babies. You still need milk. You should be teaching other people. And he, he really gets very pointed with them because it was the church in Corinth was a church that was led by immature babies in Christ. And he, and he calls them on it. He rebukes them on it. Be strong in God's grace, he says. Repeat all that you've been taught about the Lord Jesus. You know, find other people to teach. Do the work of the ministry. So as Charles Spurgeon once declared, if you claim the name of Christ, you're either a missionary or an imposter. That's a strong statement. Which are you? Missionary? Are you, are you on a mission? For, are, you, are you an imposter? Now see, here's the, here's the reason that I throw this out there. Because the day is coming when the imposters 
will be set aside, left behind. And there, Jesus, Jesus said that on that day, there are going to be a lot, a lot of self-deceived people. Many will say to me, Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we did this, we did this, we did this. And I will say to them, but I never knew you. You have to leave. Imposters who didn't even know that they were imposters. And so part of my responsibility is, is to simply ask you to ask the question. I'm, I don't know. How am I supposed to know? The Bible says I can't even know my own heart. I'm not capable of evaluating yours. You have to do that with him. You see this? You really should do this with him. Which am I? If judgment day were tomorrow, I mean, what would I hear from you? In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus commanded, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Now, if that's not the mission of your life, then what is? Anything other than that, can I suggest that you're off course? If you have a relationship with the risen Savior, that is his mission for your life. It will involve other things, right? It may involve you being a plumber. It may involve you being a politician. It may involve you being a, a doctor, a dentist. Or what, what, you see what I'm saying? It could, it'll involve different things. I'm not saying that everybody in this room has to go to the mission field. What I'm saying is you're already in the mission field. Are you on a mission is the question. Second point is he refers to, to conduct that silences ignorance. Look back at verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, he says, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants, as willing servants, willing slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. And, and I'm not going to read the whole, you know, the rest of that, but remember, as he, Peter was writing this, more than likely Nero was the ultimate authority in his world. You, you see what I'm saying? The, the Roman emperor, the guy was crazy. Everybody knew he was crazy. He was a tyrant. But what he's teaching us here, Peter wants us to, to understand, you and I are to be examples of integrity and submission to human authority. God has ordained that there should be government. Now, in this country, we have a representative form of government. That means you and I, if we have the right, if we're citizens, if we have the right to vote, we have the responsibility to be involved with that, right? We're so blessed to be able to bring you messages from the pages of the Bible right here on Main Thing Radio. We hope you'll tune in again, but in the meantime, you can find more teachings from Pastor Robert online at MainThingRadio.com. Listen to more messages there or learn about this program. Before we come to the end of our time with you today, we'd like to ask you to consider partnering with us here at Main Thing Radio. With more, here's Pastor Robert. We could really use your help. And you know, the, well, the Bible says that we partner together. When you support what we're doing in presenting the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus Christ through the airwaves, we become partners in ministry and we, we could really use some partners. So would you pray about making a donation today? Thanks. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor Robert. That website once more is MainThingRadio.com. Would you also keep us in your prayers? We so appreciate your partnership and that you're a part of our valued listening audience. 
Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio. 